to its title actually gotten a bit less shit over time significantly um, less shit we sound less like we're like about to go in for our leaving third irish oral and we sound more like girls who are actually having fun yeah because we are having fun we just sound a little bit unsure because we're waiting on this zoom lag i have absolutely to let fear. us know <laughs> That, I would that we're talking over each other constantly yeah yeah i'm like oh god oh my god i'm talking over hopefully by the end of the year We'll be out of lockdown. And, yeah. Because uh, even when we're not talking over each other, I'm still aware that it might sound like we're talking over each other because of Zoom. But look. You know, like I'm leaving that extra little, uh, the extra few seconds every now and then, just in case. Yeah. What if we then become like, we sound like we're really slow and we're like, ah, oh, sorry. Oh my God. Yeah. If anyone has listened to the first episode, it was nearly the name of this podcast the let's see how long we can can go without talking over each other podcast and it was almost bath time but yeah it's definitely a podcast full of shit how are you i'm good how are you i'm good i'm good what you been up to uh, not much you know lockdown the weather's kind of crap rainy day yeah but i have been having an old jam around my room too um I didn't know this band until like literally this week, but it's a band called Baby Lamb and they have a new single called Icky that was featured Icky. on Hot Press. Yeah, it's about like being a bit disgusting and it's like okay. a direct response <laughs> to the pandemic. It's like... Feeling icky like. Well, like, it, well, like everything we do is kind of disgusting and you only realise that now. It's like, yeah, I feel icky when someone even walks by me. I'm like, ugh, Corona. <laughs> yeah, I'm like constantly thinking how am I going to readjust because everything's giving me the ick and not in the like the fun Twitter trend way in the actual like <laughs> that is disgusting I'm going to get sick well. I live for that trend oh my god <laughs> my favorite the best one is to see the one where it was like when he's the egg in crack the egg on a trampoline oh my god no no <laughs> that's such an ick that is such oh. an ick there's so many of them that are so good like I'm trying what was the other one who I loved. Oh, the, <laughs> yeah, the idea of him tying his shoelaces. Oh my God. <laughs> like, so... these are just normal things. Yeah. They're just normal things that everyone does. But when someone points it out as an ache, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Fair you're enough. right. Like, even the idea of Harry Styles tying his shoelaces just doesn't appeal to me. Just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I hope he just wears slip bands. <laughs> no, you know what gives me the ache, actually? <laughs> Sandals. <laughs> Men in sandals. 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 Oh my god, yeah, you know, honestly. Sandals I in the winter. It. I'm like, what are you trying to fucking prove? You're wearing yeah, sandals. sandals what socks. do you want? I feel like that's metal. like that's like peak stony bar oh, behaviour. Like, I'm not it? even talking socks here. I'm talking like the hard men Pure who go around. Yeah, I saw a man out today in the pissing rain wearing a pair of sandals and I was like, What who are you trying to match you up to? Like what is going on? <laughs> and your little and the shorts. Oh, when they wear their shorts out in the winter as well with their sandals oh my god like are you not freezing like put those legs away no one needs to see that (laughs) go put some clothes on you big milk bottle (laughs) (laughs) we went very irish there wow yikes do you know what else is very irish the den oh oh (laughs) sent me a message about this coming back and i was kind of like a bit skeptical and then I went and watched it, and my God, it's the most fun. Anything that opens with a line to do with making a thigh great again. You know, yeah. you've won me over in the first five minutes. Like, that's just, that's hilarious. That is so funny. It was actually so good. I thought it would, like, be a little bit childish, but, like, it was suitable for kind of everyone. Yeah. No, it was. Like, Dustin was so funny. I loved, because... Oh. Ray Darcy, like, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan now, to be honest, so when when uh, Dustin started ripping into him, it was so good, he had a line where it was like, uh, he goes, 
he was talking about Ray Darcy's like regular chat show. Do you know the one? It's on like Saturday night, I think. And he was like, oh, it's just like Saturday night without Francis Brennan and Keith Barry to interview. Oh my God. <laughs> I have a controversial opinion. About? Ray Darcy. Do you fancy him? A little bit, yeah. I knew that was going to be it. I knew you were going to fancy him. <laughs> I was like thinking, I was watching it and I was like, he, uh, am I getting old or is he fit? He's not fit, Lisa. I googled young him and I was also like, yeah, I probably, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're making me sick. And then I was thinking, who do you think is the hottest presenter hired currently by RTE? I think that's a brilliant question to ask people. Because people Tommy who, Tiernan. People who... Oh, yeah, actually. Agree with that one. But people who answer... <laughs> um, Ryan Tuberty, they give me the ick. They... Oh, my God, they give me the ick. I don't think anyone would answer Ryan Tuberty. That would be a really you'd, weird... You'd be, be dead weird wrong choice. in that one because uh, Grace Morgan said that to me. I was no, like, she oh, didn't. No. Grace, you filthy bitch. Friend of the podcast likes bean poles. <laughs> what a freak, Grace. What the hell? Oh but my God. You're probably right. Intervention time. Tommy Tiernan is better looking than Ray Darcy, but Ray da- I think is- part of his attractiveness comes from being able to take all the chaotic energy from all those puppets. I'm like, ah, that man. Oh, yeah. Would like, look Jesus after Jesus Christ. They're worse than us for talking over each other. Like, fucking hell. Yeah. That was pure. I don't think I. I ever watched Zig and Zag were we like a little bit too young I think we were like Zig and Zag cuspers <laughs> we just <laughs> went big, like yeah. it was Saki and Justin I remember Saki and Justin yeah I remember we had like a neighborhood stray cat when I was growing up and everyone called him Saki the sock monster and I was like that is oh my god that's a sign of the times Lisa do you know I uh I won a competition on the den I actually did know this because this is one of my favorite stories you have to tell it it's so good Okay, so anyone who's listened to this who knows me has probably heard this story because I tell it all the time because it's probably the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. So the den, if anyone remembers, I don't know, what year would this have been? I was probably like eight or nine, so it was probably like, what year is that? Like 2004, five? They used to run a competition where you had to send in a picture of your pets. Uh, So I had like a lovely picture of my rabbits that I took on my dad's camera or maybe my dad took it and I just took the credit Stole it. <laughs> but yeah justice for anyway. Dan justice for Dan but anyway I actually forgot I sent it in but uh it won and I remember someone I think it was like my mad's cousin or something saw it on the tv and they're like your rabbits won a competition and I was like oh class deadly and I was like oh I'm gonna win some sort of prize I didn't know what prize I won because I didn't see the episode where I'd won uh, so if the den are listening and want to find that clip send it on there that'd be deadly chatshitpod at gmail.com or podcast chatshit <laughs> can't remember the email but uh, yeah anyway I won that competition and what arrives in the post only a hamper full of dog food for my rabbits iconic for my rabbits now to be fair they threw in a den t-shirt as well but I don't even know where that is now so that would be hot vintage merch right now that would be hot vintage merch. I bet you it's like in the hot press. You're like down the back of the tank or something. Do you know what? Like it's you definitely would, in the house. You would have no problem. No problem? My God. I can't speak more <laughs> either. No problem pulling someone in like the workman smoking area just wearing an item of clothing that day. Oh my God. Yeah. And also if you wanted to sell it, you'd probably make about 100 quid on Depop for a oh den t-shirt. Oh my God. And then vintage den t-shirt yeah. paired up with your vintage Kildare gas shorts. Yes. What an outfit. What an outfit. Do you know who was dressed very well, actually, on the den? Who? Dustin the turkey. Did you think he reminded you of anyone? Who? Who are you gonna? Who are you gonna throw under the bus with this gun? Harry Styles. Oh. Oh. He was wearing a full Gucci suit. Did you not see Dustin's outfit? Look that up right now on your laptop. Dustin. Dustin was wearing a Gucci suit. Dustin's gonna be walking the catwalk next season for Gucci. 100%. He does look well, actually, now you mention it. I was too busy with Zig and Zag. I was trying to decipher which one was which. Also, any uh, non-Irish listeners, Dustin is a turkey puppet that we worship here in Ireland when you're a child. Yeah. He was in full Harry Styles get up, and then Zig and Zag were fully dressed, tall of vintage, top to bottom. Yeah, icons. The style, impeccable. Like, Ray Darcy would want to cop on and start dressing better when he's comparing to these puppets, like... Um, <laughs> do you not think 
Okay. How I was trying to plot during watching the episode, how can one of us get Sinead's job? Because or she's like an icon. I want to be her the, friend. What's she the the Roven, the Roven Roman reporter? Oh Roman my god. Reporter. She yeah. sounds like the kind of person who'd be our friend. I want her job. I want to be her. I want to be her friend. <laughs> I there's so much I really enjoyed it when she had to ring the bell when they were trying to do that. The, oh there was a competition yeah. where you had to name the place and it was like it was Bell Mullet, County Mayo. Uh, yup Lisa and Mayo but she had to, she was ringing this like bell but the bell was on like a green screen behind her and she was trying to like like time ringing this imaginary bell with Ray Darcy on another part of the stage ringing an actual bell it was just so chaotic it's just if you haven't watched it yet you should go on it's on the RTE player this is one of the few things I will go on to the RTE player to watch do you know what I mean yeah we like, it takes it. it takes an awful lot to go on to the RTE player for me the RTE player is an ache for me but and it's not even it's the so content. It. It's the RT player just spends half its time buffering whenever I go on it. Yeah, this is actually the smoothest it's ever run for me, and I was in a heap. The birthday yeah. roller. Oh my god. Oh my god. It was so weird actually seeing because obviously our memories of the den would be pe- like young people sending their birthdays, but there was loads of ones where it was like, uh, "Happy big fortieth to Mary." <laughs> my favorite was seeing Ryan Gosling on the birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had to pause I, it. Well, I was in a heap did someone send that in for the laugh or did the den add it in that's what I want to know like did a producer decide that was funny or did someone actually send in Ryan Gosling we're going to need a mole in RTE I would get yeah, on we're, that we're going to need week. to know this like um, I think one of my personal favourite parts of it was the very end when they played out with Fireball by Pitbull I was like oh wow oh my god what Iconic. like I want to sell my soul to work for the den because like that is such a me move. That's a dream job. I That's turned. A dream. I think I wanted to work on the den when I was a child. I yeah. I dream turned. Dream job. Talked puppets all day. Like I actually turned over to Matt at the end of the den and was like, "Play this song at my funeral." I was <laughs> obsessed. Play me out. Yeah, play me out, <laughs> Pitbull. <laughs> there was another. Did you see the bit where the puppet was singing um the RuPaul's Drag Race theme song as well. Like, that's just something I never thought I'd see on RT. Like, a puppet yeah. singing the RuPaul's Drag Race theme song. Like, It's wow, exactly RTE. what you need on a Sunday. It's exactly no, what it's I exactly needed. It. Who used to be that Sunday slot? Was it, what's, what's that fella's name? Do you know what? It was Baz. And I know this because my mother refused oh. to watch it because she was upset that they cancelled Baz. Is that Baz tries to kill his mommy? Am I thinking of the right thing? I think it was. I think it's a DIY show that Baz was doing, and Mom was very attached to it. So she's got her back up against the return of the den, and she's refused to watch it. Oh my god! Go on, Marion. Big moves. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been watching? Oh, I've actually been doing an awful lot of reading. All um, right. Some of it is like fun, is like serious reading, and some of it is just me getting too far into like Twitter holes. Um, okay. <laughs> so the first like Twitter hole that I got into this week was actually the um, did you see the the drama over the sculpture about Mary Wollstonecraft over in London? No, no. So um, this artist uh, Maggie Hambling did a sculpture, and it's like to Mary Wollstonecraft, and it's. It's controversial because there's a nude woman on it. Who? But, one second. Who is Mary? She's a writer, and she's okay. like a big feminist voice. And there's also like this whole drama where like there isn't many statues of women, anyways. That's a whole episode yeah, itself. Yeah. Us scrapping about yeah. statues. <laughs> we'll make one especially about female statues. But this one's getting a lot of uh, like drama, and I originally thought it was because people didn't want to see a woman in the nip on the top of a statue. But then I clicked into the statue and she's tiny. But the big drama is actually that they're like, this is an unfeminist act by putting a naked woman, like a naked, attractive woman on a statue when it should kind of be more about Mary Wollstonecraft and her work and her legacy. And this is Is the statue of her. No. So a lot of people are assuming it's of her, but it's not at all. It's actually... Okay. This sculpture is... I think it's actually the official name of the sculpture is to Mary Wollstonecraft. So it's like... Right. It's more of a, like... Like, it's more of a conceptual piece. But, my God, there's so much drama on it. 
so many people in like feminist Twitter are all having opinions and it is really interesting I think there is something to be said for like nude female statues being a thing but also like obviously that's not the how women are and like um yeah you know like this is a woman who is known for like her amazing body of work and they, it's just a very unusual thought because like I do mm. kind of like the work of Maggie Hambling I'm going to go in and have a look and have more of a an owl gander at her work and think about it over the week but yeah like oh statues I didn't see this. any of this I must have Lisa actually showed Lisa showed me a cool statue there recently the one over by the Garda station oh, the on one Pier on Street in Dublin so yeah, I didn't know. I've walked by this statue a million times. Like it's right beside college, and what what even? It's like a pillar with like a face at the bottom of it. It's, God, if I, I knew we were talking about this, we could have got the actual the name and everything. Or I, I'm not Is it? sure now. But yeah, it's it's right. You you know the massive guard station on Pier Street. It's right there on that sort of um, right by where the Lewis sort of crosses over where Trinity is, and. Uh, it's where the Liffey used to come out to. So the Liffey used to be as wide as where this pillar is, which is like a whole block of buildings. Yeah, it's a huge... Like, you kind of forget how wide the Liffey used to be. It's um, not. But, yeah. And so did that, you say that was that was made by a woman as well, wasn't it? It was. I must get some details on this because I remember reading about this and reading in interviews and stuff with her, but I just don't... It's not coming up for me here because I can't remember the name of the statue. It's something real weird and specific. We must. We'll report back. We'll have a segment on next week where yeah. we, where we're like, here's the name of those things we mentioned last week that we couldn't think of. Yeah, um, and we might put it on a map to show you how wide the Liffey used to be actually as well because it is insane. Yeah, it's nuts. I can believe it. But anyway, yeah, the whole thing about this Mary Wollstonecraft thing, I just feel like obviously, yeah, drama and conversations really good. But I was thinking like, Jesus, we talk an awful lot about artists who are dead like yeah like a lot of them who get big long articles and stuff written about them are in a grave somewhere so I actually went and I was looking up to see how some artists who are alive are doing and oh very good Tracy Ellen, hear it. she's alive she's doing well considering she um has an article in the Guardian because okay she was supposed to have this big opening of a new exhibition but it actually got closed because lol covid um oh, classic but I just found it really interesting. She kind of talks about her career and stuff, but she also talks about like battling cancer and like practicalities oh and stuff. It's a really good, um, quite detailed interview if you have like 10 minutes. Because like I think a lot of people are familiar like with a small piece of her work, like maybe one or two pieces you might vaguely know of. But yeah. this is just, she has loads is of she, new paintings she's, and stuff. I'm actually not aware of her. She, she's a visual artist. Yeah, she works across like a mad amount of mediums. So she she had that um, bed portrait thing where it's like her bed and all of the crap around her bed. That oh wow, I'll cool. send you a few of her bits. But she also does like she like works in a plique. She does like physical big production things. Like she had a big shed yeah. and did a series of photos inside the shed. Um, but this one she was doing a lot of like I think there was some work with um neon wiring but she has lots of paintings as well so a couple of the paintings are actually available on the royal academy website if you're looking for a look i'll send you on a link there ali but i'll put it in the notes as well yeah um, we'll we'll definitely share some of her stuff over on like the instagram and the twitter as well she's also just so badass like the way she talks in the interviews well you're like oh you have not lost anything of your like madness um i love that she calls her, like, they took her bladder out and she's like, I thought, fucking brilliant. This manky old thing has caused me all prob- like problems all my life. And she, like, just goes on <laughs> slagging off bits of her body and stuff. But she also, like, is real positive and stuff. And she's still making art and she's still making plans to continue to make art. So, yeah, I think, yeah. It's, I think it's a good time as well to, like, check in on your uh, favourite artists who are still alive. And yeah. see how they're doing. Um, especially when like obviously this is having a huge effect like the pandemic is having a huge effect on artists and like seeing their work it's good to keep an eye mm-hmm. um, and I thought the article was really good it made me feel happy yeah because artists are still making art you're probably just not hearing as much about it at the minute yeah she kind of talks about yeah. like the different stages in her career as well and how she's changed so it's good just to 
having a look. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been reading a book as well, but you know about this because I've been reading a book since May. <laughs> so yeah, I've been reading um, A Little Life. I have it here beside me. Um, it's by Hanya Yanagihara. Um, yeah, I've been reading it since May. I got this book in May. This is actually um, criminal. Shout out to friend of the podcast, Pork McLean, for recommending it to me. So Pork's one of my really good friends. He recommended me this book because basically he was like I want this to be made into a TV show and me and Porik are both massive fans of Oliver Arnold's and he's like if it's ever made into a TV show he has to make the score for it and he's like when you read it you'll understand why and I I think I'm how far am I I'm about like I'm the, the chunkier side of that I'm yeah I'm a little bit over halfway through it but um I know lots I feel like it's a very popular book lots of people have read it already um but it's very heavy like mm. I love it I actually think it might be one of the best books I've ever read maybe the best book I've ever read but I'm very slow at reading it because it's so sad like there's a character called Jude who like he, like all of the worst things that could possibly happen to a person in the world like you name it this has happened to Jude oh, Christ. Uh, God so bless like, you're reading it and you're like I don't know sometimes it's just it's so much and you're a bit like oh this is just kind of not believable that all of this could happen to one human and then you yeah. i don't know i find myself getting a bit frustrated with the book and then putting it down but then i'm like no like these things do happen to humans they just haven't yeah. happened to me exactly sorry um, i'm shuffling about here i'm like i'm yeah. getting comfy while ali tells me so like story. if you haven't if <laughs> lisa's like fully flaked out in her bed right now if you can yeah. see her on zoom like <laughs> but yeah if you haven't read it i i would recommend this book a lot because uh I you've probably noticed I don't recommend a lot of books on the podcast because I read maybe about three a year at most I'm very slow reader Mm. I'm very distracted um but I really do love this one you find yourself caring so much for the characters in it like it follows the lives of um four characters they're four best friends and it's kind of from around the time they're in college to as like as they're growing up like right now they're in kind of their early 40s I'm assuming it goes further than that. Yeah. Um, but it's just really nice, especially if you're someone who is kind of a creative person because they are, like, one of them is an actor, one of them is a visual artist, one of them's an architect, and one of them's a lawyer. So, like, those sort of friendships, they're probably friendships you have yourselves, you know. They're all sort of creative people and how their lives sort of are very distant at times, but they still remain friends, even though they're so spread out and stuff. So it's really nice. Set in New York, in and around New York. Um, I'm actually not sure what what time it's set in. I feel like it's <clears throat> I feel like it's maybe the nineties or the early two thousands. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been reading. I've also actually been reading something hefty this week. Oh. Um, I actually read two books, but the first one is the new Doctor Mary Cassidy book, which I mentioned in oh, a yes. Guide. So it's called Beyond the Tape. Now. I feel like in my head her name was always there as a child because she was constantly being mm. talked about on RT News with all the crime scenes. But I actually didn't know much about her job or her life. Um, so for those of you who don't know her, she was the Irish state pathologist um, up until fairly recently. I think it was like two or three years ago, was it? Yeah. It was bef- very recently. Before I read this, I think I had an idea of like roughly what she did. Like she went to crime scenes and helped figure out how people died and figured out whether or not it was natural which Mm. is the rough outline of it but this book goes into a lot of detail about exactly how and what she does and also I didn't realize she's Scottish so it also compares yeah it compares the Scottish and the Irish and in some cases the English legal systems so it kind of talks through like how her training prepared her or didn't prepare her for the differences in the Irish system which I thought was quite Mm. interesting now it's a lot it's fairly heavy going because it deals with a lot of the details of the job and the logistics of all that um but she does speak very respectfully about like several um big Irish crimes that like I think a lot of people have interest in so I'd say when you're the state pathologist like I don't know she probably mentions it in the book is it like you are the state pathologist like you were the person who goes to every crime every major crime scene so or are there like smaller scale i actually don't know how that line of work works there is a deputy state pathologist that's how she started she started as the deputy under john harbison 
right here's another name i'm like immediately i can re- remember it um and then she became the state pathologist so i think that there is a department of state pathology yeah um but it doesn't seem like a super uh, big career field. She talks on about the other types of career fields that impact her work as well, which I thought was really cool. Um, but it also just brings a bit of a human sense to the job as well. Like she talks about wearing her three inch mm. high heels and being a bit of a badass and being oh on call. God, and it's, it, was, it was interesting and I definitely shed light on a occupation I didn't know much about. I definitely say as well, it's a great book if you're kind of a fan of stuff like My Favourite Murder okay that's the vibe but it's quite sciencey so i'd say you'd want to sit down and like and actually have a good think about it dedicate yourself to it yeah yeah because that like was sometimes i find books like that <clears throat> oh my god i'm coughing like mad today coronavirus um don't worry lads i actually i don't have coronavirus <laughs> not to alarm anyone um but yeah sometimes i find books like that really hard but then like when you actually do sit down and get your head around some of the vocabulary and stuff then you do be flying and then you actually end up learning loads as well which is kind of cool yeah, it was really funny. She has to, I didn't know exactly everything, but she had to go through medical school before you become a pathologist. But like- Is that how it works? Like, yeah. is that the way into it? Because I would yeah. I would assume like, it's like you study criminology and like maybe science or something. No, she went and studied medicine. And it just like, wow. hearing her talk about studying medicine and corpses and stuff reminded me of when I was in first year, I lived with a, a medicine student. And my bedroom was like the first bedroom in the door of the house. <clears throat> so- she'd just like walk in and come into my room and have a chat and then she'd say something like when she was going out the door oh I'm sorry I'm stinking I have to go and wash I was dealing with loads of dead bodies and I was like I've just been talking to you for like half an hour and you've been standing in my room and you smell like a dead body (gasps) and here we are in our drama degrees rolling around on the floor like (laughs) yeah I was like oh my god so yeah it's a it's a heavy read but then I actually I did the opposite then and like followed it with something super light so okay. the other book I read was, well, it's not even that light, but it was very easy read in comparison, called The Other Americans by Leila Lalami. I um, book. It'd be great if you're going through a bit of a reading slump. I feel like a lot of people out there are kind of like, oh, books, I'm living through a <laughs> pandemic. I can't. But this has lots of short chapters and like the characters are really strong. Um, it's about like a group of, uh, like a kind of a way of, wide and varied group of characters who all live in the same community um and it's not really a spoiler after it it all happens after this immigrant business owner is killed in a hit and run um so it deals with the like the impact of a lot of different things on this community so obviously the impact of the the crash and the subsequent death of the business owner but it also kind of talks about like the effect of war on the community and the different themes of immigration and race and like all the sacrifices that the characters have to make in their relationships with one another. So it's where it's, does it take place? Where is it? It's set in California. Okay. And it's kind of current day. I'm kind of assuming it seems quite current, yeah. but it's great for if you've slipped out of reading. The sh- chapters are so short. I literally flew through the book, and it deals with yeah. those quite heavy themes very lightly. So it was like a fairly chill read, but also thought provoking, which I thought was fun. Mm. I was watching something about California this week. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. So I watched The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which I'm a devil for putting on my Instagram story, being like, guys, anyone have any movie recommendations for me? Um, <laughs> and normally people send you like, you know, it'll be already it'll be a lot of shite you've seen already. Yeah. But our friend Jen sent us on this recommendation and I always trust Jen's opinion. Jen always watches deadly stuff. Yeah. I um, feel like most of our um, stuff we talk about here is recommendations that we got secondhand from Jen. Yeah, 100%. Like, uh, So yeah, I went and watched this. So it's a film. It came out in 2019. And it's the featured debut of director and writer Joe Talbot. And it's based on the life story of his actual like real life best friend okay. um, called Jimmy Fails, who is also in the film and he plays himself. And he's called the same thing, which was a bit mad. Um, but yeah, it was at Sundance and I think it debuted at Sundance. And it, they won Best Director and they won a special jury prize for creative collaboration. I love uh, those special so like, jury prizes. They always make me think of a film like it's going to be real juicy. Yeah. And like also just that one, like creative collaboration, like that must have been so cool to make a film with and about your best friend. Yeah. 
like and they were kind of talking like I watched a couple of interviews with them they were talking about how it's like something that they wanted to make since they were teenagers so it's basically the story is it's about this guy called Jimmy and this is like a story he would apparently always tell when they were younger Mm -hmm. uh and there's like do you know the Fillmore district in San Francisco it's like when I saw I wasn't aware of it I'd heard of it but I didn't know what you know like couldn't visualize it basically like the that's so raven kind of houses the big um the massive houses on the hills and it's a whole story about this guy called jimmy whose family used to live in one of those houses and now it's like a really middle class white family that live in it um but jimmy really wants it back because he claims that his grandfather built it when he came back from the war in the 40s um so it's actually really funny at the beginning like there's this couple who live in it and they've kind of let it go to shit you know like it mm-hmm. needs a paint the garden's overgrown and there's like bits of jimmy and he's like on a ladder and he's like painting the windowsills and stuff while the people are still living in it like um like it's really funny uh but then it sort of gets a bit sad <laughs> um so that family that are in the house move out and it's a whole sort of story about him trying to get this house whether it's by buying it whether it's by squatting in it like trying to find a way to get the house back um and yeah that's sort of like what it's about like the there's a review in the guardian that says the film uses one hand to present a middle finger to the gentrification effect in black san franciscans and the other to embrace the city's now displaced artist oddballs and crumbling architecture so like it's basically like a story about the gentrification of a city and how like the black community have been priced out of the part of the city that they built yeah um, i think it's really relevant as well to like dublin content as well like ireland is definitely yeah. on the same just, i was literally just going to say that like it's so relevant to what's happened here do you know like people are being priced out of communities that they've grown up in that they've built that like yeah and obviously look. god that sounds bad it sounds like we have a race problem it's more of a class thing in dublin where it's like, a class thing definitely here yeah. um and there's like a really lovely line in it too um, towards the end of the film Jimmy is on a bus and he's just sort of he's leaving San Francisco or whatever no he's on the bus to somewhere I can't remember um, but there's these two girls and they're bitching about San Francisco and they're like oh we should have just moved to LA uh, and he turns around to them and the line is like you don't get to hate it unless you love it and I thought that was like so nice because like it's so true you can't like hate something unless you've loved it first which I thought was really interesting because mm. like I was like oh my god that is so true because you know the way like I know for us or maybe anyone who sort of went to college in Dublin and it's probably every country or every um, city in Ireland at the minute where like it's kind of gone to shit and it's not just because of the pandemic it's because they're turning absolutely every gaff into, into a, hotel. a hotel and like yeah. all of the places that we loved and like went out in and have like deadly memories in aren't there anymore so there's like places that we love that have been knocked. So like the Longstone, like at our graduation, we went to Rune Bar. Do you know, like District 8 is now like a shitty looking hotel. And like they're all places that we would have loved. And now we we hate it. Like we hate that that's happening. Yeah. You can't hate it unless there was something there to love first. And I just thought it was a really nice, like that sort of summed up the film, like what's going on in it. Because he, he, like it's it's so clearly like a film that's made because they love san francisco so much yeah and they hate what's happening to it like when i think san francisco i think like tech bros like rich white tech bros working in silicon valley making a bunch of apps like i don't think necessarily like creative things obviously every city has creative people in it but it's not something that i associate with san francisco and that's probably because they're creative people are maybe being priced out of it just like they are here yeah i think that's definitely a thing that's happening across a lot of major cities at the minute but it's especially evident in those places where stuff like homelessness and all that is such a big issue and like there does not seem to be many people who are purely artists rather than yeah digital artists i suppose not that yeah and like digital even like yeah the, the director was saying he was watching an interview with him and he was saying that in the time that he went down to LA to edit the film. When he went back to San Francisco, like to the area he lives in, loads of the restaurants and stuff that were there just before he left, like six months ago, had gone. So like, I feel like, yeah, like so relatable. Like gentrification is just like ripe. Like we're like me and Lisa live in Dublin. Like we, 
we know we feel this like to the core like this film is so relatable so like anyone who is living in a city where this shit's happening it's even happening in towns like what we talk about cities it's happening everywhere yeah um but yeah it just it was so relatable it was just as i said earlier like you can tell that they made this film because they love the city so much like they even said themselves in an interview they were like we made this as a valentine to the city like um and it's also like in the score the score is so beautiful the score is obviously like you can feel the love they have for the city and that too the score is done by a fella called um emile moseri and it's just done in like it's and it's quite unusual like they they use like a load of like horns and woodwind and it's just really warm it's really like warm cozy welcoming score and there's also like this beautiful song um oh God, i can't think of the name of it off the top of my head but it's like something like flowers in your hair like don't come to san francisco without flowers in your hair because i think it's like isn't it where hippies and stuff sort of went at one point in time um yeah and like it's just West this gorgeous yeah and it's like this gorgeous song and like i listened through i was trying to find it on spotify after i watched the film and i came across the original before i found the the movie one and i actually mm-hmm. would argue the movie one is nicer it's really it's just so lovely your man's voice is so rich it's beautiful to listen to um so yeah if you don't have time to watch the film at the minute go listen to the score you'll get you'll pick mm. up the vibe and like yeah the film's made by a24 so you can't go wrong like a24 made hereditary all that jazz like hereditary midsummer this so definitely, you, you just know it's good you know it's, it's good. definitely going on the to watch list because i'm having yeah. a revolt i'm staging a revolt i cannot hack netflix suggestions at the minute <laughs> so this sounds like the perfect thing Between i know the like, feeling between your raving recommendation for something that's not been thrown in my face every single day and yeah. <laughs> like my need to get out. I've been, I tried to watch The Queen's Gambit just because I like, do you know. Because <laughs> Netflix it's, forced it on you. <laughs> yeah, I, I had such a good, I was so good. I said no to Emily in Paris and I stuck firmly in the no camp. I was like, I'm you not You said no it. to Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris is so up your street. No, I was just like, it's, this It's not... so the kind of shite we'd watch and laugh at. Um, but I tried The Queen's Gambit and it wasn't really for me. I, I didn't, don't think I gave it enough of a fully fledged chance to live because I was just like, no, mm. not, not happening. I watched, um, and I didn't, I watched part of the first episode. I do that a lot actually with Netflix original sort of stuff. I, I'll watch a bit of the first episode and it just won't be for me. I, it's it's too polished or something. It's really polished looking. And I don't like that. Like, I tend not to like Ryan Murphy shows because they're so polished as well. Like, yeah. it's just not my style. I also, I just don't like the trope of here's a sad little orphan girl. What's she gonna do in the world? Yeah, we've had enough of that. Like, yeah, keep those orphans away from me, Ali. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm so tired of hearing about adopted kids who are weird. Some of us are normal. <laughs> like, they really had to go along and make the Joker adopted, didn't they? Like, whatever, it's fine. So Ali has... I, a, I, your, your chip on your shoulder is personal, though. Ali is adopted, and she turned I out I am sane. adopted. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't, we, you don't I have just, any mad skills. Like, you don't play chess. You don't no, murder people. I, You're normal. I don't have a tragic backstory, like... <laughs> just bobbing. Some of us are normal, and I just want a movie about that. <laughs> yeah, I think my my vendetta about it was less personal. It was more to do with I've been doing some reading about like basically how television is turning into less of a plot driven story thing, and it's more of a like aesthetic machine. And oh, this is definitely something that I was like, oh god, this is a victim of it, and I can't. I just it wasn't. I wasn't gonna keep going. I was like. Wow, gloomy corridors, <laughs> sad, sad girls, all in you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wow, this is Ryan Murphy taking a stat. Like someone, someone fired Ryan Murphy and just did it themselves. Um, yeah, this is Ryan. Who who made it? It's definitely Ryan Murphy two point He's cloned himself. Ryan Murphy got the first clone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ryan Murphy got the first clone. Yeah, it's an issue. But uh, instead of watching that, I actually just buzzed over. Uh, I was just sick of the Netflix suggestions. I was like, I don't, mm. oh, I don't want to watch Sister Sister. Stop trying to make it happen. I like um, a personal uh, recommendation. Yeah. Over so, a forced upon me by Markin recommendation. Yeah. I zoomed over onto the uh, the independent movie section of Netflix. Now, oh. how how independent this movie is, I'm not hundred percent sure because it is a Netflix film. <laughs> 
but it's okay. called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Um, right. And I'd recommend it if you're looking for something that's a bit off the beaten track. Um, Who's the, in it? The lead is Melanie Linsky, who is, uh, she's from New Zealand actually, but you wouldn't guess because she's playing a young, oh, very convincingly. Oh, we love the New Zealand accent. Does she have her accent in it? No, no, no. She's American. Oh, Rachel. Um, and her neighbour is played by Elijah Wood. Um, and they become friends after her house is robbed and they go looking for the suspects when they realise the police aren't going to do anything about it and it might sound like oh they're gonna do they fall in love yeah they're gonna join (laughs) forces and then they're gonna get into hijinks and then they're gonna kiss and solve a crime but it 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 takes that trope and kind of turns it a bit um it's not what I was expecting um, and mm. I loved it for that. It was the kind of film that, like, towards the end, I was like beginning to slowly sit up, and I was like, "Ah, this is good. It means I'm having a reaction to something." <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. It was it was a really good shout if you're looking for something a little off the beaten track, and um, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was fun. I had a good time. Deadly. We were both listening to the same stuff this week. Yes, we have an album we want to tell you about. Woo, yeah. this section of the evening. Woo, Ooh. our favourite section of the podcast. <laughs> so we've both been listening to um, Dog Person, the new album by Keen Kavna. It's not that new. I feel like you've been ranting it's not it that for new. months. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's the first time I've actually listened to it this week. And I loved it. Had you not listened to it, to it till this week? Yeah, I've, I've been on such a po- podcast buzz that I'm actually finding it difficult now this has inspired me to go back and like listen to a couple yeah. more random shows. Yeah, I was just going into such a podcast zone that this was yeah. a nice break and it was really, it was really It's funny. full of bangers. It's yeah. so funny. Um, I loved it. There, actually, do you know what? We're probably going to play out with a little bit of it. There's one bit in it. What is it called? I was telling you I loved it. Is it, is it inspirational, inspira- interlude, inspirational interlude, interlude yeah. where they're oh. like, oh, somebody come session. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. Like the characters in it are really relatable as well. Like the ones you're like, oh yeah. my god, I've heard, I've heard that man. I know them. I've... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like all of the songs are so good. There's one actually I love. Uh, it's called what is it? It's just called Wake Up Song. No, it's called Wake Up, okay. and it's such a banger. Like it's the perfect song to wake up to. Like I actually need to figure out how to work my phone. It's probably a good idea after having it for two years. Um, and yeah, set it as an alarm. It's so good. It's so catchy. Then what's the other song? They're like, Emma. Love the song, Emma. Oh, that, that one's, one's a on repeat. banger. That's such a banger. And then the rollover as well. I love that one. Yeah, um, that was a great laugh. It's just, it's funny and it's like chilled out sexy vibes and it's clever. And the artwork is great. The artwork's done by our lovely friend, Jimmy. He drew loads of dogs for it and they look like they're having a great time. Um, they're they're really gas <laughs> yeah it's recently been released on vinyl actually so if you're looking for a cool christmas present for someone who's like an irish music person who enjoys supporting local artists this would be a good one like it'd be such a good record to be playing at a cool vibey house party i would have automatic yeah. respect if someone had this in their record collection if someone was playing this at a gaff party i would absolutely think they're cool like I'd be intimidated by them probably. The way I like, I was listening to the album and it. this is such a weird way of describing it, but it feels like you're, it reminded me of just being out in a session and walking into different rooms. Like each of them oh was like God, a different room yeah. at a house party. That's the way I was like taking the house, taking it in. And, and people like, are like so fighting nice. over the O-chord. Yeah. I, I always say O-chord, it's ox-chord, isn't it? I yeah. always say O-chord. Someone called me out on that before. I was like, O-chord. I was like, wee wee, O-chord. <laughs> Actually, I think that was maybe Connor Burke. Uh, Glee Cap podcast, Connor Burke, I think, called me out on that before. Yup, yup. But you should definitely give it a listen. It's on Spotify. They're available, I think, on cassette as well. There's loads of Are options. Are they? I love this cassette buzz. My first album, or not my first albums, my first singles that I ever had were cassettes and they were blue. And oh my Sugar God, Babes. blue. <gasps> yeah, blue. Remember blue? It was blue and Sugar Babes. Oh, I remember I got them for Christmas. Yeah. Obviously, those little cassettes that only have a single on them, they have like what one song on, on either side. Yeah. So I just played them on repeat again and again and again. Little Love free it. fleck. <laughs> We're blue now. <laughs> That's something for next week's broadcast. We should all start gauging. <laughs> Where are Duncan blue James Blue? Where are you? 
I feel like he does shit, but I don't know where the rest of them. <laughs> Who are the rest of them? <laughs> Stop it, shoot. <laughs> oh my god. I just got obsessed by the ghost of blue. <coughs> oh my god. <laughs> speaking of me. uh speaking of Z listers, um we are buzzing for <laughs> we are buzzing for something this week, Lisa, aren't we? What starts on Sunday? Oh, Ali, you're jumping the gun. We have to do feed food. <laughs> Oh, no, I want to jump the gun. <laughs> do you want to jump the gun um, and then we'll come back to this feed food? Or do you want to... Uh, no, fuck it. We'll save the best till last. Go back oh to feed food. Well, this is... My <laughs> ones are iconic this week. I actually have two. And you're going to be obsessed with my feed food. Oh. Um, They're not... They're TikTok accounts. Oh, I love it. Okay. I love it already. So the first one is Quails of Flat Nine. Have you ever heard of this account? What? Quails of flat nine. Quails? Yeah, like the bird. As in like the small bird? Yeah. No, I haven't seen this one. <laughs> yeah. So this account is, it's not exactly, it's not exactly like the busiest account, but it has suddenly become very exciting. So this group of like oh. I'm uni students over in the UK are trying to hatch quails in their flat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, the first attempt at hatching the quails was unsuccessful, but they tried again and they show you how they're doing it. They like shone lights through the eggs and everything there last week to check and see was there, was there things growing in them. Anyway. Do the UK they, not have like a pandemic and Brexit to worry about? Why are they showing us fucking quails on TikTok? But there's big news, Ali. <laughs> the quail has hatched. They have a quail in the house now. So they're not going to know how to mind it. Where are they at? Uh, well, they're putting it up their sleeves and stuff. I just want to make, I want, like, the reason, I, I'm not hoping this account because it's good yet, but I'm assuming it's going to go good places, you know? This is like your one with her tadpoles all yeah, over like, again, except yeah, this the, time they're the English. The amount of, like, um, anxiety I was thinking about those tadpoles. But I hope this quail survives, because otherwise I'd be very disappointed. And if they're done for animal cruelty, I never made this recommendation. But Also, next week for Where Are They Now, we have to include the tadpoles as well as Blue. Oh yeah. Like what happened? Where where are the fairs? I I think I know the answer, but I'll have to double check. But okay. right, my second TikTok account. Have you followed Ruth Cod? Um, who's Ruth Cod? She's the CEO of Having One Leg. I think I've seen one of her videos. Oh my god! Where she pulls off her prosthetic leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've so seen one of her videos. I she, I don't think I follow her. She's a riot. I'm obsessed. All of her TikToks are so funny. So not only does she does like gas comedy stuff, but she also does like disability activism comedy, basically. She like talks openly and honestly about like having her operations and going into the hospital. But it's also like a scream. Like I'm going to have to share her on our page because like Christ, her TikToks are so funny. There was one TikTok that she did like a duet with that was like um, a guy talking about his type and then he turns the camera and it's like, a girl with two legs and she's like that's fucking rude <laughs> it's just so oh my good. god like there's so many good ones it's actually painful she's a load of followers and i want to be her friend queen oh i yeah uh, i'm a devil for on tiktok like liking the same people's videos over and over again on my for you page but forgetting that you're able to follow people on tiktok yeah. i always forget to follow people I forget that I follow them and then one TikTok will come up and because I love them, I'll go onto their page and just watch loads of them. Yeah, I've started to do a bit more because I, oh my God, I'm fully like a granny when it comes to TikTok. Like there's a for you page and then also beside it, there's like a people you follow page, isn't there? There's like an option to just watch the people you follow. Yes, it's at the top of your page. Yeah. Yeah. I only copped that like the other day. So... I'm probably actively going to be following more people on TikTok now because at the minute I just sort of follow people when I remember you can or follow people who follow me back. Right, yeah. Who are mostly like our friends who don't actually post TikToks. Um, So there's not much on that page at the minute so I I need to go follow some people. Um, I have some feed food for everyone. Yum yum. Um, This one is yum yum because it includes some fish. Um. This is the aquarium of the Pacific Instagram account. So if you're feel if you're still feeling a little bit mournful for uh, the beloved fungi, oh God, you want to get a little bit of a content. dose of the <laughs> dose of the fishies. <laughs> RIP.ie. He actually was on RIP.ie. Did you see that? Yeah, I Someone did. Someone posted it. 
Also, did we even actually find out if he's dead? I am I wrong in thinking that? Now I this was a thing in my house where I thought I had a goldfish that lasted for like nine years, but then my ma she only actually told me this about two years ago how they used to just replace the goldfish every time it died, and here's me going around proud as punch in primary school being like, yeah, bubbles a seven. Like Dumbo. I thought they were doing the same down there with fungi. Like whatever dolphin was beside the boat, ah, there's fungi there now. Like how do they know? Because how do they know? So it's super unusual to have a dolphin on its own. So it means that it doesn't have a pod. So it kind of is very social to humans because it doesn't. I think that's the whole reason. Maybe like, the it's unusual don- to have a loner dolphin. Donkeys. So say donkeys. <laughs> no, maybe maybe dolphins and carry just like a bit of solitude. Like. Yeah, maybe it's maybe like the loner capital lonesome. of dolphins. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's no dolphins in the aquarium, I don't think. But uh, they're deadly. So this aquarium, I was in it. That's why I follow them. So right. they are in, is it Long Beach? Is that the name of the city? It's in California. It's near LA. You get the metro down to it. And I feel like huge... that area is mad for a big aquarium. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. And like, do you know when you watch um, films of like, big cities in america where the aquarium have the, has like the room where like the fish swim over your head and you're in like a tunnel yeah do you know, like the classic when you think aquarium you think of that but you would never get it in ireland yeah they have that the fish are swimming oh, over your head cool. you are in a tunnel so it's like it's deadly for walk around obviously i'm not recommending you fly to america to visit it I'd or support the captivity of animals in general or support oh. the captivity of animals but you know these animals they're already in captivity so uh, go follow the Instagram because they put up such cool videos and they do lives all the time because like obviously it's I'm pretty sure it's closed at the minute they haven't yeah, been posting pictures of people um, but they've been posting videos and stuff of the animals and like I think they're actually they are big on like conservation and stuff I don't think they're like an absolute shithole that are just locking animals up um, but they post like I remember when I was there there was shitloads of like different types of jellyfish like loads of different types of jellyfish like not when you think you need these little dangly yolks like they were light up yeah. balls and stuff like you probably I posted pictures on my Instagram when I was over there yeah but like there's all this mad shit and then they also have like otters they have like a room that's like full of um birds I remember I was really confused when I was there because I walked into the room not knowing what was actually in it um, and a bird landed on me and I was like what in the fuck is happening but then uh, there was little kids who bought like little um, tubs of I think it was nectar or honey or something um, where if you held it up you know like the bird would land on your wrist but yeah I'm just recommending this because uh, I love watching videos of animals and stuff and they're very cool they're like it's super educational uh, Instagram account and they tell I'm, you all about the I'm literally the here thinking if Ireland had a bird room in an aquarium, it'd just be a bunch of seagulls coming at you. How oh terrifying. Oh my God. I don't even want to think about that. That's Speaking horrific. of terrifying, <laughs> we're buzzed for something coming up this week. Oh yeah, back to the Z-listers. We are absolutely <laughs> buzzing for I'm a Celebrity. Get me Get out, out of here! It's my favourite time of year. Do you know that song? It's the most wonderful <laughs> time. That's actually about I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. That's not about Christmas. Did you know? So I was looking into this I'm a Celeb business because I was like, okay, mm. I'm actually going to commit myself this year. I haven't done this in a long time because I've not had a television. Yeah, I so haven't had a TV. I still then, don't have a TV, but I Yes, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do it anyways. But yeah. I was like, remember when we were kids and we used to think it used to go on forever? The, the, yeah, it's the, actually in three weeks. It was 22 days. They're reducing it now to 20 days. I find that so funny that they sit around and cry over being in Australia for 20 days. I would absolutely relish 22 days in the Australian jungle. Yeah. Apart from the spiders, but um, I'd love that. Okay, so I was on a Zoom with Emily, uh, who's our housemate, and she was like, oh, are you excited for I'm a Celebrity? I can't believe it's set in Wales. And I burst out laughing yeah. thinking she was taking this. I, oh my God, What? <laughs> I was just like, my thick arse assumed they were going to send them to Australia anyways. I was like, yeah. this goes to show that they should have done Love Island. And then I was like, oh no, wait, they're doing it in Wales. Love Island would not be fun in Wales. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's I actually have the name of the... Ca- it's called... Oh, I'm going to make a fucking balls of this now. Gwairich... Gwairich Castle. Gwairich or Gwairich Castle in Abergeely, 
or Abergel or Abergilly in North Wales is where it's taking place. Um, Do you have anyone you're particularly looking forward to seeing in there? Um, to be honest now, Lisa, the only one of them that I know is Vernon Kay. Oh my God. Um, yeah, see, I'm, I don't I'm watch soaps, so I'm nearly always at a bit of a loss. But you know, like once they're in there and I get to know them, I will enjoy them. I'm a little bit like on edge because I think Shane Ritchie from EastEnders who played Alfie and he also voiced the rat in uh, Flushed Away, my favourite film, um, <laughs> who flushes uh, the lead character down the toilet. He plays that I... English football loving rat. Is he the guy from EastEnders who had a spin-off show? Yes, exactly. That's him. That's him. I have a one. fun story about him, right? Oh. I won tickets to the Late Late Show. A couple of, of whenever of whenever course. that came out, whenever that spin off came out, and myself and my friend Megan went along anyway, and we were a bit early. And anyone who has been to see the Late Late Show live, um, will know this. But when you are in like the lobby area waiting to go in and sit down, they're just absolutely plying the people with bottles of wine. Like I'd say I we had it. about five or six glasses of wine before we went in. And when we went in, do you know, like the way you get tickets to the Late Late Show for anyone who doesn't know is like there's a form that goes out at some point in the year and you fill out a bunch of questions. And like one of them is, you know, who would you like to see? So you would assume the people that you fill in are the people that they will maybe email you to come watch. So here's like me assuming, oh my God, the Late Late Show have emailed me with tickets. I'm going to get to see Harry Styles. No, it was like some random EastEnders people. And I actually can't even tell you who else was there because I didn't know who anyone was. So me and Megan just got really drunk and laughed her arses off in the audience. It was the best crack ever. Oh. He was actually, he was very fun in that interview. Don't yeah. know anything about him, but he was very fun. I, my, th- my fear is that like he'll go in there and he'll disappoint me because he won't be really good crack. So like I'm trying to be open-minded because you know how sometimes you see the lineup for like these shows or like Celebrity Big Brother or whatever and you're like oh my yeah. god I love them and then they go in and they're shit crack and then they're boring yeah who's your favorite they campaign won't be shit crack huh who was your who's your like all-time favorite campaign oh that's a tough one because do you pick a nice one or do you pick an evil one who caused all the trouble I loved Gino DeCampo he was great I loved Gino I think he's my little chef crush yeah. Slowly, um, slowly. You're forgetting one of our favourite people in the whole world was on that show. Oh my God, Gemma Collins was in there. Love her. The GC. Oh, um, what a queen. Do you know who, I was only, I was watching compilation videos of, um, you know, like past clips from the show and whatever they did. Do you remember Joey Essex being on it? Yeah, and they had to teach him how to brush his teeth because he was, he was shaking his head, <laughs> not his hand. Yeah, and there's the bit where he's like, is he going to do a trial or something? And he's walking across the big rope bridge and there's Joey, like, I don't know, those big lizards or something. And he's like, there's a dragon on the bridge. <laughs> it's like, there's a dragon on the bridge. Is that part of the trial? And he like turns around and runs back. I don't sound anything like him there, by the way. That was just my generic man uh, English voice. Man from <laughs> British reality television voice. Yeah. You, have you anyone that you would really like to see on it? Oh, I don't know. That's a really tough question. I think I'd oh. pay a top dollar for Jedward. Oh absolute my god, top absolute. Yeah. I have said Take this for money. years. I, do you know the way they start off when it's in Australia anyway? They start off and they have like two separate camps. They have like the posh camp and then they have the sleep on the floor with the bugs camp. Yeah. I would love, because you know the way we only ever see Jedward as like a duo? I would love separate if they separated the them and put one Jedward in one camp and one in the other because I. I just can't imagine them. Jedward. <laughs> like they're a unit. <laughs> I just can't imagine them interacting with the world as like a self rather than a unit. Yeah. It just I I can't picture it. I'm a little bit disappointed because there was a rumour going around that John Burko was going in. Or Burko. How'd you say his name? The guy John, who Is that the Chancellor Order? Yes. Order. I Order think in the he house. would be really interesting to watch. Because like <laughs> Yeah, he was. I he's also like um Yeah, I'm just like it's it's always better when you kind of don't know them a hundred percent. Yeah, I actually yeah I agree. I always end up really liking the people that I had no clue who they were when they were going in. Yeah, so I think that's kind of nice. I prefer to come out with a new stan. I it's feel my, like I'm gonna... uh, lifetime goal. To be honest, I yeah. have a game plan. I've actually I have I've had a game plan in my back pocket for a few years now. If I'm on it right, I'm going to win. And how I'm going to win is 
I'm going to somehow be loved by the public while also not having to eat any spiders. Because, you know, when you're going in and before they enter, they do like these interviews where they're all glam and they're like in the hotel and stuff. Yeah. And they're clearly asking them. The questions is obviously like, what are you scared of? I'm going to be like, I don't know, I'm going to have some stupid answer, but I'm going to be like, Something oh, that I you're love definitely spi- not afraid of. I, I love spiders. I was like, I have like three pet tarantulas in the gaff. I'd be like, oh, I'd eat anything. Like, and I'm just going to like list off all weird shit that I've eaten that I definitely haven't eaten. Just so that the public will, uh, they they won't vote me for the child's because they'll be like, ah, oh, she'll she'll be able to do no bother to her. Yeah. And then I'll just work. I'll just work on securing the love of the public without having to to eat things. I have a question actually, and it's a bit of a difficult one because we haven't seen this season yet. But which do you think you would survive better in the the jungle or this castle? Um, well, probably the castle because. It's not sweaty like Australia. And yeah. They, I'm not... Well, they, they're probably going to find a way to bring over the bugs, though, aren't they? I was going to say there's not as much bugs. Like I'm, I don't think they can, like, make people... Know me, I hate bugs. Hate them. Hate, I hate, don't hate. think they can, like, put... I don't think you can have the same sort of bush tucker trials. I think they have to be to theme. It can't be called bush tucker anymore. It has to be all to theme. Otherwise, I'm tapping Also, out. did you did you see the trailer? The trailer, like, I don't know. I, th- I feel like they're going for more, like haunted castle vibes rather than jungle full of bugs vibes i think they're trying to scare them with like maybe spooky things i think i would love to be haunted so i would go for the castle <laughs> now all right <laughs> my my i hate sleeping in the cold and apparently the the producers are really worried about the whole sleeping in the cold thing so they have like okay. a heated area to sleep in slightly but um they're really afraid because people who can't sleep right are more likely to walk like sleepwalk no like to like walk from the show and leave because if they can't get a good night's sleep do you know like the heat it wasn't really a problem in australia but they're really conscious that like there's a higher risk of people wanting to leave also apparently i was doing some doing my googling as i do Mm. before the show and one of the cast members had already come down with coronavirus the day after yeah, they announced the cast. Yeah, which one is it? They didn't say, and they're refusing to say, and they haven't said how they're dealing with it or what yet. They are just like being vague about it. Well, today is Wednesday before Friday, which we'll put the podcast up, so might have more goss by then. Oh I God, hope it's goss. not someone fun. Imagine yeah. if Vernon Kay couldn't go in for you because of the old coronavirus. Be raging. Imagine if what? Vernon Kay couldn't go in. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even care. He's just the only one that I know. I don't necessarily like him. <laughs> I'd live. I They could send in Jedward instead. Yeah. Jedward has anyway, self-isolate. Without their phones. Two weeks without Jedward Twitter would be hell right now. Oh, yeah. Fuck, we're not sending Jedward in because then we wouldn't have Jedward on Twitter. I couldn't I couldn't not have Jedward on Twitter. They, they give me life. Keep me going. Yeah, we should ask on the, uh, on the owl Instagram and Twitter where people think they'd survive better. Because I'm dying to know. And I'd love to know people's reasoning behind it as well. Yeah. I also want to know people's dream contestant. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, we lost that. Mean... Anyway, the show starts. It's on. You can watch it on Virgin Media 1 on Sunday. This Sunday coming. November 15th at 9pm. And it'll also Str- be streaming on the player too, which is where we'll be watching it. It'll be on straight after the den. So your Sundays are going to be chock-a-block with iconic content. Yeah, and if you want bonus iconic content, myself and Lisa are actually, we're going to make more use of our social media this week and we're going to be live tweeting and live Insta posting, reacting to uh, The Den and I'm a Celebrity Getting Our out two here. new favourite television shows. Yeah, we're going to, every Sunday we're just going to be watching them from now on. I Well, like, obviously also as well, we're going to be watching uh, I'm a Celeb every single day. It's such a commitment. I haven't done this since Love such Island, like two years ago. Yeah, and we're not even going to get Winter Love Island this year either, which is... I I think... I still think that's a cop-out. They definitely could have isolated however... What is it? Ten people and then all the others that go in afterwards. They could have just isolated them all. Because they do it anyway, don't they? Have them, like, two weeks locked away in a hotel. Yeah, so they that do. So they're out there and ready to go. Sure, like, what, what, what are we waiting on then? Like, isolate all the crew. <laughs> isolate the producers. Isolate everyone. Have if we can't, if we can't touch other people, at least make them touch each other on television so we can watch. Yeah, I'm every girl in the up. UK. Honestly, like, oh, I'm raging. We don't get to cringe at people flirting on TV. I miss yeah. it. But look, we're gonna have something anyways to look forward to. There's so much good telly. Well, good telly. That's a good telly. Is uh, what's that word? 
rare. <laughs> but like objective it's objective what's good television so yeah it is but they're, they're both going to be class um, so yeah do follow us on the L Instagram and Twitter to hear our thoughts live uh, yes. into your social media device as we so that is at chat ship pod yes. on Twitter and at chat ship pod on Instagram what genius and made them both the same? <laughs> oh my god! I it's our producer. She's at it again. Oh, oh my god! We're queen. so professional. <laughs> but anyway, we will see you next week. If you enjoyed um, the podcast, be sure to share it with uh, everyone. I want to have your hairdressers listening. I want the local neighborhood fireman to be listening. Wait, tell the postman when the postman's oh dropping god, off your yeah. ASOS package this week. Tell him. Here, do you hear about this podcast chat shit? Because uh, you should have heard about it. Go listen to it right now on your postman run. Tell your cousin who's sick of working from home but goes for an hour long walk every day. Tell her. She'll love it. Woohoo! <laughs> See you all next week. Bye now. Bye. Somebody yeah. better come on drinking. <laughs> Somebody better come on session. Not messing. About time all you losers on Facebook actually started doing something with yourselves.